0: Um, I I thought I would start with letting you all know that I have absolutely no authority when it comes to Mother's Day. Uh, I don't win any fabulous accolades. In fact, a number of years ago, I came on a Sunday morning on Mother's Day uh, here to New Community and a little bit later, my mum arrived in the foyer and I said, Morning, Mum, happy Mother's Day. Where are the kids? And she said you've got the kids, and I said, no, you're bringing the kids, and she said, no, you're bringing the kids, and I said, no, you're, and I had left my children at home, (laughs) on Mother's Day, (laughs) and when I think about it, and I look at my mum, and I think, she's super organised, I think the failure in the communication was probably on my end, Um, but anyway, the kids were at home high-fiving each other, looking out the window, watching the cars drive out the driveway, going, score, morning at home, this is awesome, it's fantastic. Uh, so I did the mad dash home and grabbed them, I think I did anyway, we got them back here and all was well and I've not forgot them since. <laughs> Although if I were to do a survey in the room of how many children have been left behind at different venues, we'd probably, anyway, <laughs> yeah, there's a few people ready to put their hands up. I, I do, I do recognise that Mother's Day is complicated and we could hear that in that little pause in Megdelia's story that she shared there. There was a pause and our hearts all just felt it and, and echoed that little pause. Mother's Day is not necessarily easy. There are moments when Mother's Day is great and we can, you know, celebrate with those who've got kids who've bought something rubbishy... I mean, sorry, something awesome at the Mother's Day store. That was not meant to come out. Um, but there's also complexities because there are some people who go, you know what, um, mothering was not the experience I expected. Or some people who go, you know, m- mothering has not been my experience. Or some people who say, I'd-, I'd give ev- anything to see my mum again. Or some people who say, I- I'm-, I- I'm estranged from my mum. There's all sorts of complexities. And what I want to say to all of you is, uh, is that we actually get to come before a God who who understands all of those complexities, even the ones that I haven't named that are in your heart. Um, God understands them and God God holds us close uh, in those moments. So I'm going to tell a story and some of you may look at me and say, you're crazy. And I've run this past my kids and they're okay for me to share it. But I didn't want to be a mum. I actually, didn't want to be a mum. I'd made a decision that I wasn't going to be a mum. So I, I had uh, come to Melbourne to go to uni, and I'd gone along to a church, and I had, you know, f- fully discovered who Jesus was and the difference that God could make in my life. And I, I looked at this this group of people who called themselves the church, who called themselves the people of God, and I, I, f- I I fully embraced it. I bought it hook, hook, line and sinker. I bought it with all the bells and whistles and I loved it and, and I immersed myself in it. And so much so that I had made a decision that I was going to change the world for God. I was going to spend my life, spend everything I had serving God and changing the world for him. And I'd, I'd signed on the dotted line and I was good to go. And then I found out that I was expecting a child. And I cried. I remember being in the the boardroom of the place that I worked. Uh, My role was to support churches all across Victoria. And I remember being in the boardroom and crying. And someone next to me said, what's wrong? Like, it's a good thing. And I said, I wanted to change the world for God. And now I'm going to be making Vegemite cheese sandwiches for the rest of my life. (laughs) And the person turned to me uh, (laughs) and said, but it didn't help. It didn't help. Um, But, you know, years have come along and and I have worked through all of those issues. And I love my boys. They're fantastic. What's not to love? (laughs) But my understanding of purpose was wrong. It seemed good on the surface, but my understanding of the purpose of my life was somewhat misguided. And I want to speak this morning about... Purpose. A new purpose. So when we choose to follow Jesus, we actually receive a new purpose. I wonder what you think when I say the word purpose. I wonder what comes to mind. I wonder what you think when you reflect on what is my purpose. What is purpose? So I want to speak about this today and I want you to think about, I got how to turn that off. Is that the right one? Oh, it doesn't turn off. It's not that clever. Oh, well, you can just look at the lady staring out into the ocean for as long as you like. Thank you. So I want us to think about purpose and this idea of a new purpose. And if we begin to follow Jesus and we're given a new purpose, what is it? And where do we look to find it? And I'd like to suggest to you that the first place we should look is to our creator. The first place we should look is towards the one who created us. Uh, the Bible tells us that we are God's masterpiece. In fact, I shouldn't have turned it off. We are God's handiwork, his masterpiece, his great creation, created in Christ Jesus to do good works for which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are God's handiwork. We're his greatest creation. That's where we should look, not what do I want to do with my life. We should look to our creator and say, what were you thinking? No, maybe don't say that. What, do, what was your intention? What is my purpose from God's perspective? God knows how we are wired. God knows all the skills that we've acquired. God knows the things that we've been through in our life and our experiences. And with all those things, he knows us best. He's best placed to know what our purpose is. In the Bible, we find that God has a good plan for us. And I wonder if you've ever done this, to actually stop in the quiet and say, God, what is your purpose? For, what is my purpose? What is your purpose for my life? I've, um, I've noticed that I have, a, I have a new little, I don't know, what is it, a tick or something that I do all the time. So if I'm driving along and I remember that I should invite God into the conversation, I go like this and I invite him to the chair next to me, to the seat, the passenger seat. Or if I'm out bushwalking, which I do quite a lot, I realise that I'm walking along and then I just go like this. And it's, it's just my way of reminding myself to invite God to come and walk with me and to speak. And it just, it just reminds me that he is the place I should go for all answers. He's the place I should go for all truth. Now, I have a fabulous purple machine here. Can you all see my purple machine? See my purple machine there? If if this purple machine decided that it really loved popcorn and it just desperately wanted to make popcorn, I could like poke popcorn down in there and push the go button and hope that popcorn came out, but it's not going to work. No matter how much that thing wants to be a popcorn machine, it isn't. And I need to go back to the inventor, which is De'Longhi. And say, what was the purpose for which you created this machine? And the people at De'Longhi will tell me, it is for the purpose of making coffee. No matter how much it wants to make popcorn, it can't. It was created to make coffee. So, we need to go back to our creator and say, what was the purpose for which you created me? And I think that the purpose that God created us for is possibly not a new purpose at all. This new purpose that we come into, it is probably always the intended purpose. We're just going to rediscover what it is. Our original purpose in God's eyes was to be his, to be precious to him, to be his beloved, to be important to him to be his and to do life with him, to be his dear ones, not because we earned it. Now, this is where my original story of my misguided understanding of purpose, my misguided understanding of purpose of wanting to change the world for God was purely set in my own deep need to belong. I so desperately wanted God to open the doors and say, this is my church family you may belong to it because you're good enough. I wanted him to give me the qualified stamp of approval. You've done good. You can belong. But the reality is that purpose was not right. That's not a typo. It says, walk out your purpose. I didn't type it wrong. It's not meant to say, work out your purpose. It says, walk out your purpose. I actually think in the whole idea of wanting to discover your purpose, it is not a matter of put your glasses on and study, 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 and work it out, have it fully mapped, and then we're good to go forever. I actually think that it is something we are supposed to walk out. We're supposed to invite God along to walk beside us, and we are supposed to walk it out step by step by step by step by step by step. step. That's how we will discover our purpose. In the book of Colossians, so last week or a couple of weeks ago, Cindy spoke on the beginning of this chapter in Colossians 3. In the later part of the book of Colossians, which is a letter written by a guy called Paul to a little baby church in Colossae, brand new Christians, brand new followers of Jesus. And he wrote this letter to them. And this is what he says in chapter 3, therefore as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. And I want to underline that word chosen because that, that is where I discover that my original purpose was wrong. It doesn't say qualified people. It doesn't say well-earned. It doesn't say tick of approval, congratulations, you're in people. It just says chosen. Chosen people, holy and dearly loved. That's where he orients us. Mother's Day brings up something sad for me in that I miss my nan. I miss my nan terribly. You know those moments when you've got someone in your life and when something happens and you get this little feeling inside you, like, what is that? What What is it I want to do? Oh, I want to tell nan. You know that? You just want to tell that person something. So I miss my nan terribly and I was thinking about that and I was thinking about both my nan and pa and I did both of their eulogies at their funerals when we said goodbye to them. And at the end of my pa's funeral, I remember talking about, you know, he was the kind of guy that would go to the ends of the earth for his kids. If you needed to be driven somewhere, he would drive you there. He would go out of his way. He was super patient. He was, he was just generous and kind and all of those things. And I talked about them in this eulogy. And at the end, I said, how could I possibly give honor? To my Pa. How could I honour him? How can we all honour him having spoken of all these great things? And then I said, I can honour him by living out those qualities. I can honour him by being the things that I saw him that I loved. And I want to draw a parallel for you. I think that what we need to do in discovering our purpose is have a think about the kind of qualities that God has. So Colossians three twelve goes on to say, after he tells us that we are chosen, holy and dearly loved, he says, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. Clothe yourselves, put these things on, choose to be these things. In the previous few verses, he talked about the things that we need to take off. As we choose to follow Jesus. Now he's talking about the put on things. And he says, clothe yourselves with compassion, a deep sensitivity to the needs and sorrows of others, and kindness, a Christ like attitude towards others, an attitude like Jesus, and humility. And then there's the outworking of those things, those qualities is gentleness and patience. So the way in which we approach people with gentleness and with patience. And then there's a practical application. Bear with each other with your grievances and forgive one another because you've been forgiven. And over all these things, these virtues, these qualities, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. That's a marvellous list. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bear with each other, forgive. And over all these things, the best one of all, the one that ties them together, so when you are putting on your outfit, that scarf that just brings it together, or that belt that just makes it work, or that brooch that just highlights the thing that brings them all together, the thing that sets it all off, the thing that without that thing, the rest is just stuff, love. And if we lived like that, Gretel talked about it, when she talked about those playgroup mums that she cares about and that she loves, they need compassion and kindness Imagine if the entire world just took these things on and wore them as their garments all the time. That is a world I would want to be a part of. That is a world that you would see change happen in. I was riding along, walking along the other day, and some people it was a busy path. You know the busy paths? You're walking on them. I know you are walking. And there was some people going that way and some people coming this way, and a young kid, sort of twelve, you know, he 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 measured it wrong, and he kind of darted his bike between them. And as one of the ladies walked past, she just went to town on him. And in my heart, I went, oh, how much easier would it have been for her to put on kindness and go, you know what? He, he just measured it wrong. He wasn't out to get her. Just what if we wore these things all the time? That would make all the difference in the world. And this is what it says Later. And whatever you do, I'm just going to pause you there. And whatever you do, some of you, when I said purpose, were like, "Yes, I'm about to finish Year 12, and I need to know what my purpose is so that I can make my career choice." And da, -da, you know. Or some of you were like, "Yes." This is going to be great. She's going to like lay out a five-step plan to discovering my internal purpose so that I know exactly what the value, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. I'm giving you that introductory paragraph that says, and if you want to find your purpose, this is where you begin. You begin with recognizing that you are God's. You are his. You are his beloved, and he wants to partner with you in the thing that he's doing. Oh, hmm, I think I may have taken it out. Is that? Hmm, let me let me just flick through. Hang on. No, I've take, I've lost a slide. I've lost a slide. Let's. Uh, there's a saying that says, God calls you to a place where your deep gladness connects with the world's deep need. That is something that you can unpack if you want to explore further down into your purpose, where your deep gladness meets the world's deep need. Or you might want to unpack stuff about your personality and discover better how you are wired so you can plumb further down in terms of your purpose and understand what you might need to do. Or you might need to go back and unpack some of the complexities of what you've been through in life in order to better understand where you might go forward. But if you don't do this work of discovering your purpose is to be God's workmanship, if that isn't where you start, then you'll be off track from the very beginning. So yes, do those works of plumbing this further down, but I'm giving you that top paragraph. You, your purpose is to be God's workmanship. And it says in whatever you do, Because it's at this moment that that purpose is worked out in whatever you do. And it says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus. Whatever you do, do it in the name of Jesus. So this idea of in the name of, you know when they, in the old Western movies, they stand at the front, open up in the name of the law. You know, under the authority of the law, by the power of the law, open up. This Bible passage tells us, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of Jesus. In the power of Jesus, in the authority of Jesus, for the glory of Jesus, for the sake of Jesus. Do it in his name, whatever you do. There's a purpose right there. What's the purpose of my life? To do whatever I do, in word or deed, for the sake of Jesus. Those those things that I read in Colossians, compassion, kindness, gentleness, all of those things, the reason that they are there for us to put on is because they are the qualities that Jesus put on. Jesus put on kindness. Jesus put on compassion. Jesus chose gentleness or meekness. Jesus lived out those things, and therefore it is our call to live out those things. So I want you to think of the difference between purpose and role. I don't want you to confuse your current role with what might be your purpose. You might have a particular role in your season at life at the moment. If you are a mother to small children, that is not your purpose. That's the role that you have right now. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of Jesus. That's your purpose. Your role is in mothering because that mothering role may not last forever. There may come a time when they're taller than you and they've got the car keys and they're off living their life. Your your role is separate to your purpose. Your purpose gets outworked in your role. You may be the CEO of a large company, but one day you might retire. Your purpose is not found in your role. Your purpose is outworked in your role. You may be an athlete at the top of your game. You may be a graduate looking for an opportunity. You may be at the start of something, at the end of something, or right in the middle. But those things are your role and your purpose is worked out in them. Seasons changed. So our work is to uncover and unpack what it means to do whatever we do in the name of Jesus, in whatever role we have in front of us if it's stacking shelves, then stack those shelves like those boxes are a delivery from heaven to earth and you need to stack them amazingly and do it in the name of Jesus. If your role is in building houses, then build those houses brilliantly and for the glory of God and in the name of Jesus. And if your role is... Cleaning toilet, I've got nothing. Do it in the name of of Jesus, whatever it is that you are called to do. Because it actually says whatever you do, not in the clever thing that you do, not in the most important thing that you do, in whatever you do, do it in the name of Jesus. Your purpose isn't to be impressive on social media. Your purpose isn't your career or your job. Your purpose isn't to make loads of money so that people are impressed by you. Or that life is easier. And your purpose shouldn't be hard to find. Don't, don't imagine it is a great mountain that you have to climb to discover your purpose. It begins here and you can build it and widen it and deepen it as you go, as you walk it out in your life. And you don't need to invent your purpose. You simply need to discover it or uncover it or rediscover it. Because it's what you were given when you were created. When God saw you in his mind's eye, he created you to be his. To live in a way that he wanted to fulfill his purposes in the world. The band's going to come up. We're going to sing in a moment. We're going to sing a a song. Jesus, what a beautiful name. And I, I don't want you to go away today and miss... The idea that you need to do everything in the name of Jesus. I, I saw um, I saw a little quote this morning on Facebook, and it was basically it, it was basically a you know mothers we see you, you know those who are grieving we see you, those for whom it's difficult we see you, those who are up to their eyeballs in washing we see you, and it said all of that, and then I looked where the quote came from. And the quote was from a book called Little... Oh, I'm going to have to look it up. I've just gone blank on what it was called. Little things... No, I can't find it. Little things done every day. Dash. Motherhood is a spiritual discipline. And now I'm going to spend the next 25 minutes unpacking that. No, I'm not. I haven't read the book, and I don't know whether it's any good. But motherhood as a spiritual discipline, I reckon that fits right into this idea of whatever you do, wherever you are found, whatever moment you find yourself in, it's a spiritual discipline to do it in the name of Jesus, to do it with his name on your lips, to do it with a song of thanks to him in your heart. Whatever you do, do it in the name of Jesus.